Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Xbox, the Box and Xbox podcast. My name is Lewis, aka Potato Chief, and I'm with my good friend, Alice, uh, the disembodied voice of Alice, because uh, your video is not working at the moment, is it? So it's just uh, a voice. Uh, well, actually, not exactly not working, because I'm just pretty much like not feeling great, been procrastinating all day, so not in my Sunday best. So I just put up this picture uh. of me as Nora from Ruby. And it's by one of the fans of the fandom, which is by the name of Furby. So say a hi to them or oh. her. I don't know, whatever. But but yeah, hello. You definitely see that picture there. So if you like it, then give Furby. this video a like <laughs> <laughs> and a subscribe and a, and a comment. Let's just do it all. <laughs> Follow me on Patreon. Um, now welcome to episode 38, I believe we're on, of the uh, Xbox Xbox the Box podcast. We're do- we've been going for like six months now. This is great. We're doing really well. I think we're doing really... Uh, I'm really enjoying doing these podcasts. I'm hoping you guys are enjoying listening to it. We're still quite small. We're, we just hit 44 subscribers, so thank you all of you who have subscribed. We're... Uh, we're trying to grow. We've just started putting YouTube shorts up on our channel, and they seem to be going quite well. And you guys seem to enjoy. You guys seem to enjoy seeing Chai from uh, High Fire Rush getting punched by Donkey Kong. I think that seems to be, uh, <laughs> or just pe- or just Donkey Kong just punching people in general. Yeah, seem to enjoy that. This is the latest craze, <laughs> actually, because because ever since the Mario uh, movie came up with a TV size trailer where Mario gets the yeah. power. Uh, cat power, whatever it is, cat bell, but he got it, yeah. and then Donkey's like laughing at him for collecting, like getting the power up from the cat box. And then, yeah, it just says, like, okay, now you die. <laughs> now you die. <laughs> Boom, now you d- Hey, now you die. <laughs> but anyway, See, that is a new template. <laughs> well, if anyone's able to get round to it. Anyway, so uh, um, so I know this is like a bit like egocentric, but so far the our podcast episodes tend to hit around thirty. Whereas, uh, so there's a few of them that only goes into like like as far as like fifty or sixty, and that's usually when we talk sh- uh talk crap about uh was it <laughs> talk crap about Sony so. I almost swore yeah, because so I do not that. want to get monetized. Well, we're not getting monetized anyway, so it doesn't yeah. make a difference. But feel yeah, feel free to swear. It's I, I yeah, but I, I try not to myself. <laughs> nope, I'm not swearing. Anyway, um, no. however, with the Halo stuff going out, we have we put this video up that talks about like is Halo Infinite dying. And that reached 186 views. But once we got Hi-Fi Rush and longer the developer direct, our videos have like went into 300 to 400 views. And that's great. And just already like swallowed up my game of the year, which could be a little bit too late. But I've been so busy after the developer direct where we did like the podcast, the Edits yep. and also did the first twelve minutes of gameplay, which you can see on our channel on YouTube, and you can see like 
there's Hi-Fi Rush that's already got 90 views. But when I yep. did the Golden Knight um, 007, mm-hmm. I got it recorded from the Xbox Series S and I was the only one who narrated it because yeah. I'm the, the one who knows more about the game. But when I did that, it's got like 200 views, so it's great. But as well, you said about yep. them, once the DK memes come over, then we did the yeah. mobile fits. It's like up to 50 in the moment. One of them is like 44, and I just posted the one where it's only two views. Because let's be mm-hmm. honest, Hi-Fi Rush, there's a lot of meme potential. So when you combine that with the, some of the other memes, it actually works. Yeah. But as soon yeah. as we use shorts, we got more views over there. And so far, we did a DK meme uh, meets Hi-Fi Rush. That got like... Yeah almost 2,000 views. The one that involves Ruby, which surprised me, is like 3,000 views. And I think it introduces yeah, more people to the me. show. <laughs> and yeah. now we've got like DK Sm- Smashes Chai again, which we don't want to go into spoilers too much, but you'll see it for yourself. But this one got like yeah. close to views. Now, so apologies if I'm like being overly analytical, but the point is, I've been working so much and I think all this work paid off, but it seems as if people are like giving more views to shorts, whereas our podcast episodes are not receiving enough views. So we could decide where we can go bi-weekly instead of every week, because if people are not watching our podcasts, then, then then it could mean we could like try to reduce the workload. But then I don't know. It just depends if we were to allocate more time to video editing and video essays or not, what would you think? Uh, well, so, so you like to, you like to do this during the podcast, like dropping bombs on me. Uh, I ideally want to stick to doing it weekly. I don't want to go bi-weekly. I don't know where this, this is the first I'm hearing of it. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is news to me. Um, I like I doing it weekly. Podcasts. <laughs> honestly, I think someone that's listening would- to us, our business meetings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is, this is a habit that Alex seems to have. You like to drop bombs on me during podcasts and now you got to react on the fly. Uh, I ideally want to keep doing weekly podcasts. So what we got to do is we got to get you guys to start watching and subscribing and sharing. If you enjoy the podcast, show it to your grandmother, your auntie, your dog, your uh, you know anyone, and we just want to try and grow the channel. And I think the podcast is. Yeah, obviously it's it's long form content, so obviously it's not going to get the same kind of views as the, the Donkey Kong Punch and Chai video, which is like literally got two thousand views because that's literally ten seconds long. People need to invest to get involved in this, and I think the people who watch this show are our most loyal subscribers and our most loyal fans, and I really thank them. Uh, basically, this is where the most dedicated people are on the Xbox the Box podcast is on the Xbox the Box podcast. Um, uh, Chief, we'll see what happens, but I'm going to try. I think we should stick to doing it weekly. I'm, don't, I'm not a fan of doing it bi-weekly. I think consistency is key when it comes to podcasts and when it comes to YouTube in general. When you have no content for two weeks, the, the whole channel will just die. So you want to keep you want to keep a consistent basis, essentially. Chief, you do realize that when it comes to how people watch YouTube, that's where we come in. We research, trying to analyze our audience. Yeah, 
I've been super I've been super analytical and researching the last few weeks is ridiculous. I've got because I've been doing YouTube for like ten years and I kind of got stuck in my way, so I've been watching a load of videos and I found out loads of little things like about hashtags, descriptions, uh, thumbnails, titles, all this. Like I figured, I figured out how to optimize them a bit better. So I'm hoping that my because I've got a YouTube channel called Potato Pro Wrestling, uh, and that, I was going to mention that you were saying about Goldeneye. I also didn't want in the Goldeneye video because I was doing Royal Rumble coverage, and the Royal Rumble is the second biggest wrestling show of the year after WrestleMania. Uh, so I had to basically, I had a lot, I put all my time and effort into doing Royal Rumble content on my on my other channel, which is Potato Pro Wrestling. Go subscribe if you like wrestling. Uh, but I obviously, I love this channel as well. And I want both channels to do well. Uh, it'd be fantastic if we could get both channels to uh, a decent size. So I, I want to keep doing the podcast weekly and hopefully it'll grow. Uh, just let us know in the comments below what you like about the podcast and if you want us to change anything about it but i i quite like the i kind of like the way we got where we're going uh bi-weekly makes it a bit more difficult so I, I i i'm not a huge fan of that but we'll see um playstation we trust guys do they do theirs bi-weekly so maybe but then there's a like four hour podcast so i'm like i would rather do one hour a week than four hours every fortnight <laughs> <laughs> to be honest um but yeah maybe if it gets a bit quieter because like obviously at the moment, we're in the peak of Xbox uh, new season. They've just announced a load of stuff, and there's games coming out for the next six months. And it's going to be basically we've got Minecraft coming up soon, uh, Minecraft Legends, we've got Redfall oh, coming yeah. up soon. Mm. So it's going to be busy. we're going to be super busy. There's, uh, it's, if it's a lull, there may be, but I think you know when Starfield comes out, we're going to do podcasts every week talking about Starfield. That's going <laughs> to our weekly update of how many planets we've visited. <laughs> so, well, um, uh, I got a question to ask for you. Seeing you have researched so much on YouTube, what's the weirdest, weirdest gaming trend or one of the most cursed trends you've found while you did your research? Uh, it's, it's not really like that with the research I've been doing, really. It's more of uh, learning how to optimize videos and stuff. Like obviously, you've got trends and stuff, as you said. So I optimize... Uh, uh, this is i don't know if anyone on, <laughs> anyone who's listening cares about this stuff but i'm just you know uh basically you need to have a niche and you need to stick to your niche if you go too far off your niche people will be interested you want to try and make sure that your content is interesting and you're a bit unique and has a has your own unique take on it uh basically because we're an xbox ca- channel we should cover stuff like the activision blizzard de- the activision xbox deal because that's big news but if but then it's also like you know if we were if we were in an Xbox channel that's something we shouldn't cover like rest, my wrestling channel as I said WrestleMania is coming up so I'm covering WrestleMania on my Xbox I'm, I cover WrestleMania on my wrestling channel but I wouldn't talk about WrestleMania on this channel and I wouldn't talk about the Activision deal on my on my wrestling channel so it's, it's about finding the right thing that fits your audience as well ideally so uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm like- about optimization and. Uh, so it's yeah, just all about like trying to divide the wrestling and the gaming into like different channels. Oh yeah, and you, and, and, and try and optimize it so you guys get the best. You guys making the best videos for you, the viewer, and yeah, because that's what a lot of videos I've been watching. They say like the algorithm isn't really your enemy. It's more about trying to find the best top. It recommend is essentially it's like a recommendation system. So if uh, 
we do stuff that people are looking. So basically, people who watch a lot of Xbox content, a lot watch a lot of reaction content, will probably find our videos recommended to them. But obviously, if people who watch fashion videos or makeup tutorials and all that won't have us recommended. Essentially, it's about trying to get our stuff to the right people and hopefully the right people will find our videos and enjoy it and if you are one of our viewers who found our videos recommended uh thank you i hope you enjoyed our content and hopefully you'll spread the word because we want to grow and uh optimize the channel ideally fingers crossed (laughs) i'm not a fan of the algorithm especially that goes into more doom and gloom aspects of it because when yeah. people like speak negatively about things, they get more views than those who celebrate things. So yeah, uh, we're pretty much in this dark age, and it's just like uh, things are always going wrong, and people seem to profit from that. So it just sucks. Yeah, it's true. Like, like yeah, well, yeah. Because even though I personally believe it, me saying Hi-Fi Rush is better than God of War is me being inflammatory, and that is me trying to get views. I'm not going to even deny that, but I, I do actually believe that, and that's not—it's not—it's not, it's not, a, it's not something I'm lying about. I literally do think High Fire Rush is better than God of War, but I know that that's going to piss people off, and that's why I made it into a video. Simple as that. <laughs> and I'm just going to be honest with you guys. That's oh, how YouTube works a lot of the time. You want to have something that uh, emotes an emotional response from people, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, we want to be honest with you guys, and it's like. I want to make the best content for you guys and stuff that you're going to enjoy. So if something annoys you, then maybe that you enjoy that. I don't know. Some people like watch. People like some people like getting annoyed. I don't know, but I personally believe High Fire Rush is better than uh, God of War, which we will get to when we get to the review of High Fire Rush, which is yes. later in this video. Mind Ooh, you, you have neither of us have finished it, so it's going to be a bit. Yeah, just t- you know, great results with our review a little bit. If we we might change our mind and say, oh, actually, the ending sucks. Zero out of ten, but I doubt it. <laughs> we enjoy, well, we what would you expect so from this far, game? Is it just going to be a movie masterpiece when it's basically a comic book esque adventure that's filled with gags and memes? <laughs> I love it. It's I've so already good. finished the third it. level, and I'm already loving the style, and it's so great. So I don't really care if the ending's bad or not. So I don't mind. I'm on episode. I'm on mission seven and I'm really enjoying it so far. Still, I'm still really enjoying it. Um, so sh- 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 I mean, should we talk about what we're playing and then we'll move on t- to the review, I suppose, after that? Oh, so, obviously, uh, I've been playing High Fire Rush. That's I've, it, really. Shh. Look, look, I think we could heard that someone said, finally. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so I'll start first. What well, have you been playing? <laughs> Uh, ah, I did it first. I've been, <laughs> I've been playing High Fire Rush, so we're not going to really. I will leave that for when we're doing the review. That's initially all I've been playing. I I, I loaded up Age of Empires two, but I found it. I couldn't get my head around. I was, it's a bit slow to start, and I kind of got bored. Um, mm, <laughs> and I always obviously have. And I said, well, no, it's not. It's not. It's just. It's just. I've I've, I've got a short attention span lately. Um, Vampire Survivors as well. But yeah, I've been because like uh, uh, I've been quite busy with my other YouTube channel when it comes because it's Royal Rumble season, so that's like really important stuff. So, Potato uh, Pro Wrestling, subscribe. But, but apparently, if follow you, me on Patreon. If you've been doing <laughs> on like Twitter, then that also counts as a game because according to the 
Channel yeah, 4 show of the game. games that find a generation. They said Twitter is one of those top games. But and I'm like, what? No, it's just, yeah, because they say because you get more involved and try to get more likes, it just turns into some sort of game. But I think, to be honest, it's a bit nah. bogus now that Elon That's Musk lame. took nah, over it and now he just like destroys it from the inside. So, not really that much of a game I anymore, mean, isn't it? Twitter's kind of an echo chamber of, uh, yeah, as I said, I've been researching stuff. Twitter isn't the best way to get your stuff out there a lot of the time. It's usually aiming at the same people who already, like, you know, you've already got a small audience. It's kind of like a, it's an echo chamber. It's just people who have the same interests as you talk about the same things. So you're not going to pick up anyone new really that way. But whatever, Twitter, Twitter can be useful, I suppose. But yeah, no, no, no. Twitter's not a game. I don't care it is a game. The only actual game I've been playing is Hi-Fi Rush, because it is awesome, and we will talk about that further in the review. But what have you been playing, Alice? Yep. Uh, what have I been playing is something I'm trying to get my feet wet in it, but I only got as far as three levels, is Hi-Fi Rush. As you can see here, it's the first 12 oh, okay. minutes of gameplay, which, if it loads up yeah. perfectly, then it should be right there. So, basically, um, I've been meaning to try to complete the game because we're hoping to do a spoiler cast soon, but unfortunately, it's just like, uh, I just keep getting distracted, dealing with life issues, as well as like doing a lot more video editing because you realise that I've been addicted to it when I uploaded shorts and videos to YouTube. Yeah. So now it's just like, yeah. I'm getting more involved with Xbox The Box, and that's a good thing because... That means we're becoming more passionate about the channel because you see, see with Xbox the Box, this is our channel. Like your wrestling channel is originally your own channel, and that's where you get yes. your videos in. But with our channel, it's like yours and my videos in it too. But we just kind of yeah. hope we get more people in the future to make it much bigger. But there's a uh, yeah. bit too early to think about it right now. I mean, I love both our channels and I. This isn't the set. This is not even my second channel. I've got like five or six channels I've had through the years, but I'm really passionate about this one. This is uh, uh, my favorite. My two favorite things in the world are wrestling and video games. So now I have a channel for wrestling and a channel for video games. So when I want to talk about video games, I got one channel. And when I want to talk about wrestling, I got another channel. So I'm happy to talk about both. I'm happy to do both. Uh, it's I, I work full time, and when I'm not working, this is like my essentially a full time hobby. I spend all my time making videos and, and uh, YouTube video. Yeah, so uh, there might be a week where it's just the podcast on the channel, and there might be a week where it's just my reactions on my wrestling channel. But then there might be a week like this week where we've got like twenty videos on both. We just got a bit crazy, so yeah. uh, we're so sorry about that. We're going to try to be consistent. Though. That's the idea. Is that consistency is always is, is probably the most important thing when it becomes. Well, we're talking about YouTube again, but yeah, it is the most consistent thing is to have, uh, the most important thing is to be consistent. Should we uh, change the topic to YouTube this week? <laughs> yeah, the topic of the show, let's talk about YouTube. Now, uh, <laughs> I, think, I, think I've hit, I think I've got my point across when it comes to YouTube. Uh, Banana move on to the Lama! <laughs> <laughs> should we move on to the news? Uh, but well, I haven't actually well, finished. To be honest, because oh, you got more games to play. I thought you yeah. played Twitter. <laughs> uh, I don't 
actually have Twitter, so that does not count. Oh, okay. But I was going to oh, add that the Hi-Fi Rush, I've been taking some time trying to collect all the bits, but it's just still oh, really yeah. amazing. It's like how much of the writing is like so clever and allows for more funny gags. But it's got as far as like, yeah. oh, I uh, just beaten this level and I learned how to parry against the security cameras. And now it's just where yeah, the, the parrying really kicks into place. Like, it's just not like go around yeah. attacking people. It's also, well, robots, but also you just have to yeah. like uh, time your parries to the beat. And that's one point yeah. where rhythm is actually more, more bigger than anything else in the game. So it just becomes more serious now. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound as if there's going to be more than seven levels, so this is going to be fun. So, anyway, yeah. what else I've been playing as well is I've been playing GoldenEye, which came out on Ooh. Xbox and the Switch. I got Game Pass, so I got GoldenEye for free. So, well, yep. not permanently. It's only while well, I have a Game Pass subscription. But uh, I did a gameplay video first, which you can see on the screen. And yeah. so far, it's like not so great. It's it has yeah. a few visual That's issues and it's but so far it actually controls just as nicely as a Nintendo 64 original. And I've been having so much fun. So I filmed, I recorded the first level, then I went on to the, yeah. the second and third levels. And now I just came back and tried to beat their best time. So I got like paintball mode. And DK mode as well. Yeah, DK nice. mode actually exists in the game, even for Xbox. Nice. And you know what this nice. means? Like, you don't hear banana salama, but <laughs> instead you have like people with really uh, disturbingly huge heads with long arms. Like, it's so huge, you can actually see them in the distance and you can easily headshot them. <laughs> oh my amazing. gosh. I didn't know that. <laughs> all I, you have, had to do, I haven't really played all though. You all you had to do is beat the third level on Agent, which is easy mode for just less than a minute. You just pick up the keys and get yeah. on a plane. So that's easy enough. That sounds easy. I have to try that. I haven't I haven't played Gold Knight since like the original, so I'll have to go back and play it on the Xbox and that sounds fun. Uh definitely. You have do you have rare replay? Uh I do have it on disc, but I only got it on Game Pass because I haven't bought the digital one. I don't even uh, know if I actually got a digital one, so I don't know. Because you should, because apparently it's free on Rare Replay as well. Mm. So even if you were, even if you didn't have Game Pass, you should be able to access it. In theory, I think I may end up like getting be able to access it if I were to put it in the disc tray, but I don't know because. I don't know how that applies to physical disc owners, but well, I'll just have to look it up in Google and see. So, uh, yeah. in the meantime, uh, yeah. So those ones are actually uh, really good for um, the Golden Nine, the Hi-Fi Rush. These are actually best yeah. games for like start at the well at the start of the year. Yeah, very good. It's been a very good start to the year. We've got a lot of good games to play. As you got, and we had Persona Three and Four come, and Monster Hunter Rise. 
So we've had a really good month of uh, Game Pass games this month. It's been pretty pretty stacked. And next month's just as crazy. We got Atomic Heart. Got loads of really good games coming out next month as well. So oh, I can't wait. Oof, so much good stuff. Have you played anything else, or or, we, or do you want to move on to our high fire rush review? Uh, I that's pretty much it because I've been like busy with my life too, and I'm trying to read, but I Me just too. keep getting distracted because I got a new phone, which is iPhone twelve. Uh, sorry, iPhone thirteen mini, and I was going to use my oh, iPad wow. mini more. Then I've been kept using the iPhone thirteen mini, which I transferred from the XS, and I thought, yeah, I'd actually been using it, so. I think this is really makes it a good phone. Not so heavy, so light, very good. I don't want to advertise here too much, but yeah. I've looked around and it does appear as if GoldenEye 007 is only free for those who own the digital copy of where we play. But it does often come at about £5 on Xbox stores, so you probably have to like keep an eye out for that when it happens again. Because Golden Knight is so worth oh, it. Fair enough. If you've got a digital copy of Where We Play, then better to be spoilt. <laughs> yeah, or, or or just stick to Game Pass as well. That's the other option as well, obviously. Which I, I recommend Game Pass to every, anyone who's, a, who's an even a slight gamer. I think it's such a fantastic service. Um, yeah, True. I love Game Pass. <laughs> True. So sh- should we move on to our High Fire Rush review? Oh, which goes first, news or the review? Well, the, it's part of the news, really, but we'll do the um, review first, I guess. I would put that as news then. <laughs> so, yeah, Hi-Fi Rush came out last week. We've both been playing it quite a lot. You've made it to level three. I've made it to level seven. Um, essentially, I work full time, and when I'm not in work, I'm playing Hi-Fi Rush. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I so we uh, we on Xbox the box we decided to have we have a ten point scale is that what we agreed on? Yeah, that's what we agreed on for. That's what we agreed on when we did as Just Falls last year. So, uh, we this our review. We're not technically neither of us have finished it, so we might change our mind. But this our um, review at the moment as we stand as so as played it like a couple of hours each. Uh. I'm gonna. So, do you want to give it a number out of ten? And I'll give it a number out of ten, and we'll go with the average. I'll start. I would say. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna say. Uh, that's a really uh, tricky thing because it's got a shadow launch, and I've been in aiming, but I'm gonna give it eight point five for now because it could be nine out of ten, but it really depends. But I certainly yeah. have a lot of fun with it and I do really enjoy it yeah. plus it's a bit linear but I think the real I think it yeah. just focuses on like that challenge and having to stick to the rhythm but the rhythm doesn't actually take taking as a huge core part of the gameplay so therefore it's just like uh, it's just basically a hack and slash game only if you're really good at rhythm games, then you might actually have a huge benefit. But it's not something that is totally integral to the gameplay. But I do find the style is like really fantastic. But then it could be just the evolution of the cell shaded graphics there. And I think yeah. they could have done a lot more. Like they could have had half tone shading on like some of the characters. Like they did because in the animation scenes, it's like 
they use halftone yeah. shady, but it's not in the game, so it's a bit disappointing. But apart from that, it's just like uh, it's definitely worth checking out. Like, especially if you have Game Pass. But yeah, it's just really nice. So you're saying the rhythm's gonna get you. The rhythm's gonna get you. The rhythm's, <laughs> <laughs> the rhythm's gonna get you. <laughs> well, um, I'm gonna have to officially younger face people the music. will not get that reference. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna fix the music. Yeah, I don't. Younger people will not get that reference, but yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, for for me, Hi-Fi Rush is a nine out of ten. So I guess we'll say nine out of ten for both of us. You said eight point five, or we could say eight point seven five out of ten. Ooh. I'm really surprised. <laughs> I thought you were gonna give it. I thought you were gonna give it like ten out of ten. <laughs> No, no, I, I wouldn't give it quite a ten out of ten. I'm, I'm enjoying it, but I wouldn't quite give it a ten out of ten. It's not, it's not, it's not a hundred percent perfect, but I really enjoyed it for what it is. Uh, what I was going to say. A, so, um, it has a stat where you pet the cat like many times, it, even like shows like, up on the Xbox app. How could you not? You're give right. It you a get ten it, out of ten. <laughs> you're right. Ten out of ten for petting the cat. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. So, uh, it has. The quality. So, okay, I've just I've just lost my concentration there. Okay, so the gameplay is up there with the top of the class, the top of this generation, the top of this genre, the action hack and slash game. This has the same kind of gameplay as a God of War or a Bayonetta, and it does it just as well. And it also adds a twist to it with the rhythm aspect. Uh, if you have good rhythm, it really adds to it. If you have bad rhythm, it doesn't really affect you too much. But I feel like it adds the rhythm aspect adds to it, and it has similar gameplay to a Bayonetta or a God of War, and it works really well. Or Devil May Cry, I suppose, is another option. I think they do all those very well. I think the gameplay is fantastic. I like platforming. I like exploring. I think it's really fun. I think the world is amazing. I feel like it has a good sense of humor. It's like Scott Pilgrim uh, meets the world. Kind of, It's got a Edgar Wright kind of feel to it. It's got good comedy. It's The art style is beautiful. I mean, it's people slagging off the graphics. I don't understand it because I think this is one of the most beautiful games on the Xbox. I think it's fantastic. The art style, the, the cell shading, it just really pops and really is vibrant and it stands off off the screen. There's a lot of games that are like greys and browns and it's like a Call of Duties or a Gears of War or a God of War or Last of Us. It's just grey and drab and depressing whereas this is all light and colorful and, and it pops off the screen and the art style is amazing the characters are really likable you have a cat called 808 who's amazing you have a really cool ensemble of characters i really like chai the main character i really like the world it's always a bit ridiculous and a bit silly but it has a good vibe to it it's funny and in, in a good way because some games try and be funny and it just doesn't work Whereas this game is fantastic and it has really well is really well written, and I would give this a nine out of ten. I think mm. this is one of the best games on Xbox, and I think I really hope they do a High Fire Rush two. I really hope this is a, becomes a series and it's not a, just a one off. I really enjoyed this, and I really hope there's more of it. And I think if this is what you're going to shadow drop Xbox, just keep doing it because it was amazing and it totally blew all my expectations out of the water of what. A, a, a shadow drop game could be this is incredible nine nine out of ten didn't give it quite a ten out of ten because it's not like quite up there in elder ring or breath of the wild for me as like you know genre defining games uh 
when you, when you put it up against other action slash hack and slash games, it's up there and is on par, if not better, than some of the games best in this genre. I think it's a fantastic game, and I would really highly recommend it to anyone who likes hack and slash games, likes rhythm games, and has likes games with a bit of a sense of humor. I think this is going to be a cult classic, or it's going to be a game that we look back at in the next five, six years and go look fondly at. It's like, oh, do you remember Hi-Fi Rush? Oh, yeah, that game was amazing. I hope they remake it. Or, you know, this will be a cult classic. This is a game that people are going to look back on fondly. And yeah, I, love I know. It, and I couldn't recommend it anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm rambling a bit now, but yeah, I couldn't recommend true. it any higher than that. It's interesting I you really say about colour because. If you told, if you said this to me, who was in back in two thousand seven, then yeah. both I would be both like totally on to try out uh, games that has well vibrant color schemes compared to the drab yeah. grittiness of like Gears of War and bits yeah. because it's definitely right for if lots of games and movies where it just relies on the desaturation to add that grittiness, but. Uh, but I think to be honest, Sorry. it's also the another part of me that I think I was going to say uh, that people would probably not dig into it because they are particularly used to those kind of games where it has desaturation and they feel it's pretty much okay rather than having to go for more colorful, kid friendly graphics, though. But this one yeah. is just definitely not like for kids, but still like Paxis Punch. So I think I've, I think this is like really fantastic. So so should we mention yeah. the final scores of this one? Uh, yeah, just uh, it's also what it's yeah. What you were saying there also reminds me of like the Wind Waker discourse when people used to talk about Wind Waker back in the day. Oh, uh. so, ooh, it looks too childish. Well, when you now you look back at Wind Waker, and it's one of the most beautiful games ever made, and it held, it holds up better than most games that came out around that time period. Uh, well, I think Sal Shaded is, is a game that, when it's done well, it could be really beautiful and really well done. And I think this is this is a game that's going to hold uh, stand the test of time. We're going to look back at this in like ten years' time, and it'll still look just as pretty. I it's, would uh, really really beautiful game. I would say that um, I think there's much of a discourse, like with many people saying this is not looking great. I think a lot of it is just stemmed from the beta footage, where it's like more like plasticine type of graphics and yeah it does look True. a bit weird but when the wind maker came out it's more redefined and now it just looks was one of the best looking games ever made so this, this is true i i love i love the art style of hi-fi rush i love the gameplay of hi-fi rush i love the characters the writing the music maybe i should give it a 10 out of 10 but i i just i can't i there's something about it just i just don't feel like i can give it a 10 out of 10 i don't think it's quite there, I don't know. I, I don't think it's one of my favorite games of all time, but it's definitely my front runner for game of the year at the moment. Even though we're only in January, uh, as I said, it don't, it's not quite up there with God with uh, Elden Ring or uh, Breath of the Wild for me, which is the games I would give ten out of tens to. Uh, but it's it's damn close. I mean, mm. it's just a little. If it was a, I don't know. It's something. It's not quite a ten out of ten. Nine out of ten, though. I still. I don't give 10 out of 10s right. I give 10 out of 10s really rare. It's literally, I'll only give like four or five games in my life a 10 out of 10. So I'm very picky when it comes to the 10 out of 10 uh, reward. I don't just give it out willy-willy. 
really nearly. So nine out of ten for me. Uh, a, a fantastic game. And, worth playing. And I still stand with eight point five out of ten. But as you're saying about ten out of tens for games, I think I definitely like felt like giving out full tens to a few games. Not that I've done a lot of reviews, but there was. Yeah. But I would rather like. Uh, pick games that actually influenced me and feel it stays with me for a long time without having to be overly concerned about the scores. Like Shadow of a Colossus is one of those games that I would give a full 10 out of 10 because even though it's a bit like shallow, it still gives you that really fantastic experience. And like Shadow of the Colossus up there, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and I also really enjoyed Bayonetta. The original Bayonetta is just like so amazing, but then again, it's just like I don't know whether that's gonna hold the test of time. But it could be a potential full 10, 10 out of ten. But but to me, yeah. I just really really think that Hi Fi Wash is uh, like you said, it's a cult classic, but it's just For definitely sure. not like hitting ten out of ten unless it actually gives a, oh. a everlasting experience. But to me, I think it still like really amazes me, and I think it'll be so good. Now you're probably thinking like I'm definitely one of these people who prefer the latest God of War games, and I know I could be biased, especially I don't have a PlayStation and I haven't played them before. But I would definitely mm-hmm. imagine that I would go as far as like giving nine out of ten, and I think the original God of War, God of War four, is it? I don't know. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, one. That one I would give a much higher score compared to Ragnarok, which Ragnarok actually is like more narrative driven. But I think it's, there's enough reasons to suggest that it there's a little bit of fatigue compared to the original, which I think is actually yeah. like better in comparison. But I well, don't think yeah. I don't think it's particularly fair to compare both that and Hi-Fi Rush for me. But you're certainly yeah. comparing it to God of War and feel that Hi-Fi Wash could be actually like huge. Yeah, I mean, for me, so I like God of War. I enjoyed God of War 18, 2018, but as you just said, I feel like Ragnarok is too similar to 2018 to me. It's not done enough different stuff for it. I've, I like, I, I beat 2018 last year, so I, I, I beat it late. And I feel like now I'm playing Rock, Ragnarok, I'm like, I've played this game already. I'm kind of bored. I'm, I'm kind of meh. It's kind of felt a bit samey. Whereas Hi-Fi Rush, I'm really enjoying it, and I feel like the rhythm stuff adds to it. I like the art style, I like the characters, and it's got a similar gameplay where it's, you know, you've got a heavy attack, a light attack, a counter, a roll. You have a, a, a character that does You have, like, assistants. You have, like, extra people and stuff. You know, it's like, and you can, like, make different combos and specials and stuff. So it has all that in it, which is the same as God of War. But I just, like, I prefer... I feel like it's more charming, High Fire uh, Rush, and I feel like just the world is, I just prefer the world of High Fire Rush, uh, personally. And I feel like I've already played God of War Ragnarok when I played 20, 2018. I feel like there's not enough difference for me. That's why I don't get it when he was winning all the Game of the Year awards last year. I felt like Elder Ring was an evolution of games design, whereas I felt God of War was kind of the same game we already played four years ago and not really much changed. It's just slightly looks slightly prettier because it's on PS5. But it's the same game. It's like, you know, plot slightly different, but I don't give a sh- I don't give a crap about plot. I this the re- I I'm a gameplay over 
story any day person that's why like vampire survivors is one of my favorite games of last year even though there's nothing to it it's just basic as hell but the gameplay is fantastic and gameplay trumps everything for me and i feel like the gameplay in hi-fi rush is better than the gameplay in god of war and i like the art style and i like the characters and i like the world and i like the music so sue me <laughs> i know you're not gonna i know a lot of people disagree with me but i don't care that's my personal opinion even if it is a hot take hot take <laughs> mm. <laughs> so we're gonna give hi-fi rush a nine out of ten uh, but alice is giving it an 8.5 out of ten even though didn't we say we're not gonna do 0.5s okay so this is an 8.75 out of ten it's a bit complicated how about uh, we saw um nine out of ten between well, let's just say nine out of ten. Yeah, so Hi-Fi Rush is a nine out of ten. We highly recommend it. It is one of the best in the genre. Uh, the hack and slash genre is one of the best. It's a good rhythm game. Highly recommend it to anyone. The art style is fantastic. Uh, it has an Edgar Wright type story. With it's funny. The characters are likable. The characters are colorful and vibrant. And the world's all colorful and vibrant. And the rhythm is gonna get you. The rhythm's gonna get you. The rhythm's gonna get you. <laughs> oh, rhythm's gonna get you. <laughs> I, who sings that song? I gotta look that up in a minute. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, rhythm, let's move gonna, on because we're the rhythm's gonna get you. Because this is by far the biggest new piece of this entire podcast. So, do we have any oh, yeah. other news of some sort? Uh, the only other news is the Halo stuff because we said we were going to do uh, E3 as our main oh. topic of the show, right? Yeah, E3 is the main topic of the show. But what happened is that, um, that as I found out, I don't think it's been talked about in lots of different sites, but yep. there's already like some huge, massive uh, like rumors that. It's now there are now multiple reports with different sources to suggest that Halo Infinite it could well be no more. That's because <sighs> that um, they're now looking to drop the Subsace engine instead of Unreal uh, and go for the Unreal engine. And this has been rumored mm-hmm. for so long. And now they're looking to move on from Infinite and hoping to go for the reboot of Halo Infinite with the Unreal Engine, and also plan to do more Halo games with Unreal Engine. But it does not, den- it does not deny that uh, 343 is not working on Halo, because 343 Industries is now working on Halo still. It's just they're going to be able to yeah. change hands due to a massive layoffs and a huge change mm-hmm. to plans to get in the pipeline uh, I think of what a pipe, I don't know, but they're definitely changing hands and going under new management, which means we could end up seeing Halo in a much different light. So, what's your opinion? Halo Battle Royale. So, it's Gloria Estefan who sings the song The Rhythm's Gonna Get You, by the way. Um, Just had to check, throw that in there. Um, Halo is gonna go Battle Royale, maybe. That's the the rumor of Certain Affinity. Uh, the the fact that they've they find a lot of people from free for free is not surprising, honestly, because they free for free have not really done a very good job with the Halo franchise. To be perfectly honest, it's, I feel mean saying it, but it's true. Um, 
it's not surprising that they've they changed a lot of people, but it's still sad. Obviously, I don't like to see people lose their jobs. Um, hopefully, you know, we get a better Halo from this, I hope. So, obviously, as you said, the scene, if it's, rumors are we're going to be getting a Halo Battle Royale. It's like, it's, we didn't really mention that, did we? It's like, that's the rumor uh, from Certain Affinity. Um, so, that would be cool, I hope. I'm not a huge Battle Royale fan, but, you know, I love Halo. So, if we get more Halo stuff, that'd be great. I don't really know how you can reboot Halo Infinite in a new engine. Like, are they going to build the whole game again? But even in a real in a real engine, I don't understand how you can do that. It's weird. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm sure they you know they've got their way of doing it, but it just doesn't. What do you think? I don't understand it really. How you can really reboot a game in a different engine? Like, That's like uh, saying about whether we should make a sequel or the remake because we're changing the engine. Because yeah, um, exactly. Overwatch. There's a sequel called Overwatch 2, but it turns out to oh, be the God. same game with some different rules. It doesn't suggest whether they use a different engine with better graphics, but I think it's likely yeah. to be a route where many games can go for a huge revamp. Much like said about well, Paladins, where it's still buggy and people have been yeah. demanding for it to, to get a, new, a rewritten source code and have a much better looking game. Because it still looks like it looks good on the Xbox 360, but it still yeah. hasn't been mentioned whether that's going to be a sequel or not. But many people suggest yeah. that people may throw a Overwatch 2 in this state. Because like with Destiny, yeah. this used to be a Destiny, then there's Destiny 2 because Activision wants it so that every three years there'll be a new sequel. And that's basically to continue yeah. Bungie's 10 years plan. But that's before they turn... Yeah. Destiny into a fully fledged life surface. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is also uh, Fortnite. They went in uh, a real. They were the first game was in a real four, but they're still the same game. But now it's a real five. They've uh, they've changed the engine, so it has been done. But I don't think moving slip space to a real like surely that's going to be more tricky than moving from a real three to a real four or four to five. Like moving from a completely different engine, like Slip Space. Like, how long has it took them to build Forge mode in Slip Space? And now they're going to change the engine? It's weird. It's really odd to me that they're going to, like, the game's out. We might as well just stick to it now until we until Halo 7 comes out or Halo, yeah, Halo 7. Like, well, you know, I, I would, I don't understand. It's may weird. I button that? Uh, the Halo Forge has been available for Halo 5 using the Sipspace engine. And I think the Sipspace... I don't know if Sipspace engine is like no. first used for Halo 5 or not. But if it is, then yeah. it received Forge before. It's somehow taken an extra year for it to be transferred over to Halo Infinite after a six-year yeah. hiatus. So that is a bit it's weird. Serious. But it could suggest the Sipspace engine may have lacked documentation or even the in intuitive features to even suggest that this is an incredibly a uh, sustainable engine. So it would explain why yeah. people would be switching over to another um, engine. But if that happens, then as long as it helps with a pipeline of trying to get this game better, then I'm definitely down for it because I've been working with like such uh, specific engines before and I've, they find it's a bit more complicated and you run into a lot more issues. 
Whereas if you work with the Unity yeah. or uh, Unreal Engine, then it's definitely like much easier, and it's much easier to get the uh, like objects in. But do you remember the Source Engine? It's like it's like a huge C plus plus framework, and it's like yeah. it, it's too complicated to get this working. Because I ran into a lot of those issues, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we both do games designers. Obviously, yeah, we do get that kind of stuff. It's it, it can be very complicated. Um, yeah, yeah, it is confusing to me. I don't really know what to. Do. Um, I mean, uh, do you think we're gonna get the Halo Battle Royale next year, or like in the next couple of months? Is that gonna be a thing, or is or, or is that like is that like the reboot? I don't really know what they're doing. It's really I strange. got a question, a better question actually. Would you prefer oh, yeah, the yeah. Battle Royale to be a separate game from Halo Infinite? Because that's what they're looking to do that if they're going to ship it in Unreal Engine 5. I'm not sure, really. I prefer... I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Battle Royales, to be honest. I prefer just to stick to Halo Infinite the way it is, to be honest. I think Halo Infinite is a really good game, which is obviously the pipeline of DLC and extra content has been the issue. Um, if, uh, if they could just figure out a way of speeding up the pipeline, I'd be happy if they just stuck to hate uh, to Halo Infinite and stuck to the slip space. If they could just figure out a way of uh, optimizing it, but obviously they're having issues with that, and that's probably why they're moving to Unreal. Uh, I it's, uh, I completely it's, agree it's, with it's a bit you, sad because it's a bit sad. Halo Infinite is right on the nose because it's supposed to be a hub for getting all this Halo multiplayer. So it would be great if they integrate yeah. Battle Royale in, but they may have to like rehash the entire game if they're going to do a different engine, yeah. unless they have some way to be able to like switch the engines under the hood. So people wouldn't have to worry about losing the cosmetics they purchase or even like yeah, having to true. install like a completely different game. But if that's the case, I hope it works in the same way with Minecraft because you used to like play Halo f- Xbox 360 version and then go into Xbox One and then you had to install a different version of Minecraft as a better to, de- to get an upgrade, which is now known as Bedrock. That's true. But, that's true, yeah. But that's but people can still like transfer some of the bits there, but some of the skin packs they bought on like the Xbox One edition it's not really compatible, not properly, and it's still it's still a yeah. bit buggy. So it expects you to like switch in a new version and rely on the marketplace to in order to like uh, keep like try to stick to the new system. So it's a bit odd, but hopefully there should be a solution so that people will not have to lose out when it switches over to to the Unreal Engine. But apart from that. I'm pretty excited yeah. about Unreal Engine, but at the same time, it could be disruptive towards those who are used to Head of Infinite and who already like bought a lot of cosmetics on on that game, as well as getting their creations in their Forge mode. Because if they have to switch engines, then but they have to like um, re reverse engineer and rebuild Forge from the ground up. Probably, I, it's a. It's, uh... I feel like they have to make the whole game from the ground up. It's, it's, it's not just going to be literally moving copy and paste into a different engine, is it? It's going to have to be rebuilt. It's very strange. Um, yeah, I don't really know. 
it's weird. I don't know what to say about it, really. It's just, uh, I, I wish Halo was just, like, you know, I miss the good old days when Halo was just the king of shooters and it was just everything about it was just perfect and they just need to knock it out of the park. Uh, obviously, it has to be like that for like a decade now, uh, which is a bummer. You know, Halo Three, Halo Reach, we would just get gate, we just get map packs and the modes. They'd have all the modes we needed from day one, and like have a good leveling up system. But it hasn't really, they haven't really done that with the new games. It's very frustrating. We have to move on to other bits of news. Could be our longest yep. podcast episode ever. You two, Ooh. high five, Ash and Halo. Sorry. So what else? <laughs> Well, we're the topic of the show, yeah? So the topic of the show! Um, well, just oh, to drop in a few bits of bits there, because okay. uh, there's a few bits from, like, Eurogamer, which now is... We're just, like, Go drop ahead. the headlines there. So, basically, news, Sony news, news. confirms they're quietly announcing the end of PlayStation Plus collection. Oh, didn't know that. That's a shame. I like PlayStation Plus Connection. One of the only things I actually enjoy about my PS5. That sucks. Um, Netflix has revealed anti-account sharing changes, which means the primary location of the user has to log in like every month if they don't. And some devices could be blocked, which means they may have to require a seven-day code in order to continue using it for seven days. Bye bye Netflix. Gonna cancel you then. <laughs> all this, I don't need all this crap. Someone's pulling out a Crunchyroll um, movie there because Crunchyroll yeah. used to be like showing the episodes of premium for the week before they offer it for free, but now it's like always premium. So yeah. <laughs> oh well. And like a shame Netflix has just screwed themselves. I don't understand why they do that. It's silly. They want to they want to crack down on password sharing, and so this is their way of doing it. But then it's just going to annoy everyone, and everyone's just going to cancel. So yeah, whatever. It just it seems silly to me. I feel like one of the main selling points of Netflix is password sharing. To be honest, but there you go. It's one of those things. Bye bye Netflix. I'm going to cancel you now because there's not much I want to watch on you anyway. I'm the also going to like watching that yet. Like the new series of that. Uh, I'm not, and I'm not sure if I will be keeping Amazon Prime for even for video stuff because not only I'm not using that that much, but Amazon already screwed up with three of my orders in the past three months. So I'm yeah. like, got an external SSD, SSD for video editing yesterday. Got the end yeah. of the post, which I hope to use it for Final Cut Pro. But I ordered like two terabytes. I got one terabyte instead, so I have to return it and get the money. So now I have to buy it at Curry's. <laughs> yeah. So what? I, so yeah, I, I've had the same. I had uh, Amazon Prime, and every time I ordered something, it would come at like nine p.m. Like so, it's like I'd be waiting around all day for stuff to arrive, and it won't arrive until nine p.m. It's like you know what? Screw this! And now I have normal postage with Amazon, and it arrives at a regular time. So I, I was paying extra money to get stuff like six, seven hours later than I should. What? It's, it's, supposed, it's supposed to be a good service. That's not a good service. That's why I don't have Amazon Prime anymore because it's pointless. It, it, as I said, I get everything at like 9pm, which is insane. Oh Absolutely my gosh. Stupid. Like, my parents have been relying on my 
Prime subscription, like, oh, could you order this for me or some sort like that? But the difference yeah. is now, like, if you stick to regular posting, then it's going to get better because the biggest problem, like, yeah. I didn't know if I didn't know it was exclusive to Prime because if you order stuff yeah. and it tells you, like, oh, it's going to come in lunchtime, oh, it turns out it's going to come over at 5 p.m. And then once they give you a package, mm -hmm. like, if it's high price items, that you have to read out yeah. a password that's some kind of Morse code type of thing. And then when they give it to you, yeah. they go back to the fan. And then once I open it up, there's a chance you may get an item that's already been opened already, or it could be something that is like different. Like to, there were two incidents of this. Like people Ads. have been ordering iPhone 4, 14 Pros, like very expensive phones, and they've been receiving dog food instead of it. Then <laughs> there's like uh, there's another article by The Guardian, which I don't know if I can bring it up. So, two seconds. Okay. Oh, gosh, I've been browsing a lot, but I'm trying not to swear too much. <laughs> FNL. <laughs> <laughs> well, watch it, chief. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, Go away and there we go. So yeah, basically someone ordered a new MacBook Air for 877 quid on Amazon and ends up with a, a pair of Ben's shoes instead and had problems trying to return it for the refund. So that, I mean, now it just tells me as if Amazon is not becoming accurate with it. And now you mention it, it's just like, oh, go prime yeah. and somehow you get delays to the delivery stair. So I just think, like, oh, it's just like, you know, the Simpsons, like, you try to improve things and you're like, oh, well, they're the garbage men and try to give you that premium service. And then turns out yeah. people are just going to end up being pushed to the extent and not get so much money out of it. So I, yeah. I just not trusting Amazon that much anymore. And I'm trying to move yeah. away from it to go, like, Curry's, XC if I want customized items, which I'm getting some really good service out of uh, most of the resellers there. And eBay if I want used stuff, because I don't particularly trust uh, renewed stuff on Amazon. If I want a renewed ThinkPad, for instance, I go on eBay. Now, sorry it's a little bit of rent and it's not related to games, but you do realize you order, on Amazon, order games on Amazon and yeah. you can definitely get a lot wrong with it. But funny enough, when I set up an Amazon account, the first two things I believe were Shadow the Hedgehog for Xbox and Star Wars Episode 3. I one of, them, one of them came out and I tried it on, but it's got some paint on it and it turns out the disc is not faulty. It's like, oh, oh. my gosh. And I was like so upset that my dad told me to like shut up about it and just wait for it to be replaced. And I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> so, yeah. Amazon wasn't used to be that unreliable, but now it's just like becoming yeah. less and less unreliable. So if yeah. anyone has any problems with Amazon, then please let me know in the comments. Please. We need a day. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so sh yeah. So should we move on to our topic of the show? Yeah. Oh, I heard again that. Finally! Oh. <laughs> topic of the show. Topic of the show. Oh. 
topic of the show. Uh, E3 is dead. Basically, Xbox, Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo have all pulled out of the show. So there's no big console developer there. I suppose you might get stuff from like uh, an EA, maybe. I don't know. But the the main console makers are not going to be there this year, which is a bummer, I suppose. I mean, it's nice. I like having a lot of the press conferences come out at once, but it kind of makes sense to spread them out. Like, you know, everyone's competing for like the the views of each other. It kind of makes sense to have it. It kind of makes sense to have a Nintendo Direct and an Xbox Direct and a Sony State of Play like a couple of months apart. It doesn't really make sense to have them all within a day of each other. I mean, that's pretty much it. I feel like I don't know. What do you think? I, to be honest, um, I still remember that, like, uh, like about ten or twenty years ago, that it used to be like. All the major publishers coming out for some like huge shows, and yes, ten years ago yeah. it's like really fantastic. Well, okay, exactly ten years ago it's like PlayStation Four and Xbox One were announced, and we're like Sony simps for that time. Before we say, oh, yeah. Xbox is better, but but yeah, it's just over, just a little bit over that. We used to like have all the publishers in, and it's like really really special. But I think once the Nintendo mm. is like focusing more on the Nintendo Direct. I think it just kind of gives yeah. others the confidence to drop out too. So now E3 is becoming less and less relevant. And I think the COVID exactly. stuff is like really impacted them in such a way that publishers now have to rely on their own directs. So it's a bit sad, really. It is sad. I Because I, I, my birthday is in June. So it always used to be a nice birthday present to me. It's like, oh, yeah, all the games are coming out. Yay. Oh, new. Ooh, I'm really excited. Love E3. I used to have so much fun watching E3 conferences back to back to back. I, it would be the most fun ever. I mean, this chat, my YouTube channel, when I was when I was doing pay, uh, Potato Pro Wrestling, before it turned into a wrestling channel, I used to cover E3. That was like the first reaction videos I used to make were E3 content. And I had so much fun covering E3. It's, it's a bummer because we know when all the games are going to be announced at that point. Whereas now it's like... You could be like just having a normal week, and then suddenly Xbox or Sony or Nintendo go, "Oh, we got a direct like tomorrow." Drop everything. I'm like, "Crap, okay." Go try and book the day off work, or got to get up early to watch this, or whatever. you know what I mean. Like, it's like drop everything. <laughs> it's is a direct time, you know. And sometimes they're not really efficient, uh, really good times for us in the UK either. Like, it'll be like middle of the night or weird first thing in the morning, and it's frustrating. So. I don't know, we've got Summer Game Fest is probably going to take its place. So Jeff Keighley's going to have some games to show off, probably. And we might... Uh, but Jeff, Summer Game Fest was a bit poor last year. Uh, I'm not looking forward to it. I feel like Xbox has loads of the show, so they should, they're still going to... They said they're still doing a conference, but it's just not going to be any free. So I don't know what to expect, really. Uh, apart from Starfield, obviously, and uh, maybe a new game. But I don't know what, like, you know... It's supposed to be around E three time, but it's not at E three. Yeah, which is weird and confusing. Uh, so I yeah. would, I imagine they're more used to the directs. Like they give you the trailers and gives you more to the point. Like how successful yeah. the developer direct turned out to be, and I thought, yeah, it's good. And quite often they often follow up with discussion sure. shows, and and I think that's just the way things go. So I think it's just like. They're now changing the formats there. 
And instead of like trying yeah. to open the event that's only for like news reporters, now it's just turned oh. into like publishers announcing their stuff on uh, like video services. Because if you think about it, if we started as a convention where anyone can pop in and try out some games, and there's some like really huge moments from there, but now it's just like people can now watch all this stuff and check out what this is with the internet. And now it's just a case of the publishers may find it's like a bit cheaper than having to attend E3 to give this content straight to the consumers. Exactly. Um, I, I get that. It's like more of a direct, like uh, pun intended, more of a direct connection to the consumers. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like, you know, it's more to the point. And you know, obviously, you not like it's not like the IGNs or whatever go in there and they tell us about everything. Just uh, Sony, Xbox, and Nintendo give us the information they want us to see, and it's going to be just shown on video and everyone has the same information. You know, it's like not they don't really do the backstage stuff now with uh, other press conferences with other like um, journalists. So yeah, no, I'm interested. I'm. Obviously, I already really care about the Xbox and the Nintendo stuff. So, the fact you know the fact that there's no Xbox or Nintendo E3 is going to be a bit of a bummer. I don't even know if we're going to check it out this year. Now, I don't know if there's a good if there's a good Ubisoft one. Maybe I don't know. What, what do you think? Are you going to be checking out any of the conferences if there's any uh, third party ones? Any any you're interested in? Um, I mainly stick for the Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft. But yeah. I think some of those conferences went into early hours in the morning, so I just couldn't really stay yeah. up awake uh, long enough to check them out. So I Oof. just what I like about those that I can interact with the communities to check out their thoughts on there. But but then I think it's just like I would rather that they would pre-record the videos and then release them, like for us in the yeah. middle of the day. So. People in the Merc can check them out without having to check out in the evening. And likewise, us can be awake to check out the trailers. Because I think the thing is, it's just not that it's like more practical for everyone, especially the journalists, but also yeah. it's just like easier for people to react to them because they need people's reactions online in order to see if the game has gained enough potential. Yeah. Reaction. I mean, we will do our reactions. I mean, we're going to react to the Xbox um, and Bethesda game showcase in June, probably, as long as the channel's still active and stuff. We're going to do a reaction to that. So, yeah, I totally understand that. I think reactions are the new thing, really. Uh, you know, reaction channels are still really popular, uh, hence why I have, like, two of them. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would recommend, uh, uh, you know... I feel like it's a shame E3 is kind of dead, but it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a relic, isn't it? It's, it's a kind of old-fashioned way of doing it. It kind of makes more sense to do it this way. Um, so, yeah, I kind of get it. It's a shame, though. I, I mean, I'm, I'm nostalgic for E3. I have good memories of it. But, you know, if that's the end of E3, then that's the end. You know, that's it. Then fine. And we'll, we'll move on with our lives and we'll just focus on Summer Game Fest. And, uh, yeah. I mean, the only downside with Summer Game Fest is literally like the 2020 Summer Game Fest was like, it felt like it went for six months. 
So like, is this ever going to end? Are we ever going <laughs> to? So there's no definitive start or end date. It's just like, oh yeah, we'll have a conference. Maybe have another conference in two weeks. Maybe not. Uh, you know, we'll just randomly drop a game in like the middle of the week. So like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's the only downside I can see. But uh, yeah, maybe not having everything happen in one week is also a bit of a antiquated, out of date, out of fashion kind of thing as well. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I said I got nostalgia, but I yeah, I, and I that's the reason it. why I, yeah, I got the not. 2017 briefing on. And you can definitely yeah. get some like exciting moments. Like uh, about six years ago, Xbox One X was announced at E3, and it's come yeah. over. I still have that. It's actually the best version of Xbox One that I've ever got. Same as I yeah. said, the same version of Xbox 360 for. Uh, as a mu- far superior version than the Vanilla Xbox. So, yeah, it's just, yeah. like, really fantastic. But what are your best yeah. moments from, like, A3? You don't have to watch them th- in order to know them. Well, I I, I was going to say my favourite moments from, like, E3, uh, Halo 3, the Halo 3 announcement trailer. Um, I am your shield, I am your sword. And then, like, Master Chief looking over the crater, and it all opens up, and it's, like, the... Giant, oh yeah, the Halo Free trailer. It gives me goosebumps even watching it now. I'm just watching it back. It's like doo, 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 doo. Marty O'Donnell's music, and it just like, literally gets my goosebumps on my. Like, oh, it's so good. I think it's 2007. It was E3, uh, Halo Free trailer. If you want to try and get that up, I don't know if you can. <laughs> um, put you on the spot there. <laughs> put you on the spot. But that was that's that's my favorite moment. And Halo 4 a reveal was also up there, but I'm like, you know, Halo 4 didn't do that as great, but Halo 3, like, ooh, chills. Yeah. Chills down my spine. Can I say something? Um, that I got... The first thing I heard about Halo 3 was... Yeah. I think it was when I was trying to get my Xbox 360. But then when I was looking around Xbox Live, I noticed there's a trailer for Halo 3... And yeah. I downloaded it through the broadband connection. And then I just found out for this amazing trailer. And it's just like, oh, gosh, huge crater and stuff like that. And I thought, wow, yeah. that's just really good. And it just got oh, me geez, really excited chills. because I com- I think the Halo 2 is one of my favorite E3 moments because they got the campaign right there and they introduced the multiplayer. And I think it's really special. But... Once they got the Halo 3 stuff, it's like, oh, we get to see the rest of the story that's left off in like Halo 2, and you finally get to play Halo on Xbox 360. So I think this is yeah. by far like the most special part of it. So I would say, yeah, totally up for it. Yeah. That was my favorite trailer. Um, but then, but then, we see about E3, but then you can see stuff like... Uh, the Game Awards, they showed the Xbox Series X for the first time in Hail and Hellblade 2. And that was a moment. That was like a, a jaw-dropping moment. And like the Summer Game Fest last year, they showed Elden Ring for the first time and everyone lost their mind for that. So you you don't really need an E3 for these kind of moments to like resonate with people. Uh, but I am nostalgic for E3. I do enjoy E3. Uh, like the Halo memories and the Nintendo Directs in the past, I always used to like, like get Smash Ultimate. The Smash Ultimate one was amazing because they, they literally they go, um, we're going to show you the new characters. Or we're going to show you what characters are returning for Halo uh, for, for Smash Ultimate, and it's like Mario, 
and then it was like like Pikachu, and I was like, okay, it's just normal characters, and it was just like Ice Climbers, and like, whoa, Ice Climbers are back, what the hell? And it's like Pokemon Trainer, oh my god, Pokemon Trainer's back, oh my god, Snake's back, Pichu's back, ah! and just everyone losing their mind. But the trainer just kept getting better and better and better, and then it literally was like, everyone is here, and it was incredible. That gave me goosebumps, and then you would have Ridley at the end as well, the Ridley trainer, because everyone said Ridley will never be in Smash because he's too big, and they they made him small enough to fit into Smash Brothers. So that is another one of my favorite memories. I almost cried when I first watched that. You can see my reactions on my on my YouTube channel. Oh my god, I'm so into it. It was such a moment. I don't know, Metroid Prime 4 was another good reaction, but it was literally just a logo me going, Metroid Prime 4! <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the whole um, reaction. <laughs> right. Um, I know this oh, is going to be the section where I'm going to be edited heavily, but one yeah. of the best, probably the best moment of E3 that changed everything, even though I wasn't around to see it on TV, because I think this only like given out in the very conference. But yeah, if you get to see the video, you get to see the part where the Saturn has been heavily marketing, trying to get the Sega Saturn yeah. out, and now Sony came back and delivers this. So let's react to it. Ready? Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I've already seen it, but yeah, <laughs> like a thousand times. Two ninety nine, and he just walks off. <laughs> funny though, funny, funny, funny. It reminds me a lot of the uh, Xbox One, PS Four launch as well. Uh, as much as I love Xbox, they totally botched that. They, they've totally botched the launch of the Xbox One. I must say, and then PS Four coming out with a cheaper console, coming out like we're not gonna like we're not gonna. We're not going to block used games. We're going to let you have used games. We're going to have no DRM, and we're going to be a hundred quid cheaper. And it's like, well, fuck, bye bye Xbox. Like you completely destroyed Xbox that conference. Unfortunately, um, you know I am a huge Xbox fan. So uh, yeah, he's still there. He's still reacting to that video. <laughs> it's already doing. finished because oh. Oh, it's still more for <laughs> I just uh, continue it. Basically, like, for people who are audio listeners, he basically he just comes out and says, uh, basically the Saturn was like 400 oh, pebbles. My dog's decided to knock over my microphone. Uh, the, play, the Sega Saturn comes out and they said this 400 quid of 399. And then the PlayStation guy comes out and goes, 299, and then just walks off. Which <laughs> is like the best, like, mic drop moment ever. <laughs> it's like, our console's 100 quid cheaper. Like, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> which i love that it's so funny um but yeah it's similar to the playstation 4 and xbox one especially some an xbox fan where an xbox podcast they messed that up royally playstation 4 had it was 400 quid cheaper had you that you could use like you could use lose use games and you didn't have to have a intrusive webcam Ooh, they, they messed that up but I feel like the Xbox Series X has done a much better job. I think this generation they're doing a much better job than they did last generation for sure. Uh, yeah, Xbox, yeah, but they turned the ship around. as a as a she's a G. Wow, <laughs> he's, oh, he's a gangster. Uh, <laughs> I would, yeah, I would definitely say like I was just in and aiming between lots of different consoles. Like I grew up with Sega. Yeah. I just then jumped between GameCube, Xbox, and PlayStation Two. 
And it's like yeah. dipping my fingers across all of them because I know Sega is like not a huge hardware manufacturer anymore, but I was yeah. like, hmm, I think I may, might be okay yeah, with yeah. Xbox 360. Then I'm like, oh, cool, with PlayStation 3. And then PlayStation 4 came around and I was like so blown away by the announcement and Xbox yeah. One was like embarrassing. But then over time, it's just like, I'm more used to Xbox One, especially with the Xbox One X, because I found the experience to be better. Yeah. And that's when I just sided with Xbox and used Nintendo Switch, because as I got older, it's not always important to own all three consoles at once. Also, I don't, I, I do. I don't game on the PC though those days. So, yeah, so it's no. like I got a limited set of systems for me to play on. I have all the consoles. <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew up as an Inter- I was always a Nintendo fan growing up. Oh, got the GameCube, got the Wii U, and all that. Then the Wii. I like I enjoyed the Wii for like a year with Twilight Princess and stuff. I was totally into it, and then like, and then I was like, "Oh, what's this Xbox 360 thing? This looks cool." And then I got the Xbox 360, and I was like, "Ooh, I love this!" Like Gears of War and Halo Three and like Forza and like even Oblivion. There's so many good games on the Xbox 360, and I love the Xbox 360. I like my friend had my friend Dean. I don't know if you know Dean. Uh, he he had the original Xbox. So we pop, I pop over his and play Halo One and Halo Two and Doom Three and stuff on there. So I did enjoy the original Xbox, but I never owned one when it first came out. The 360, I absolutely adore. It's one of my favorite consoles of all time. I love that console. The 360 is incredible. Uh, I owned the PS3 as well, and I never played it anywhere near as much as the Xbox. And then I owned the PS4 and an Xbox One, and I play the Xbox One much more than I play my PS4. And I've got a PS5 and I've got an Xbox Series X and I play the Xbox Series X more than I play my PS5. So Team Xbox now, because I think I just prefer the console, I prefer the controls, I prefer the systems. I, Game Pass is, is a, like a deal breaker to me now. I feel like Game Pass is just better than anything that Sony has to offer. And I like the controls and like, hey, I'm a huge Halo fan. And I actually really like Bethesda as well. And I think it's a really good acquisition for an Xbox. I hope they get Sega soon, which is what I want. I want Xbox to get Sega so we can have like all the, so we, like, you know, we have the Sega library on Xbox. It'd be insanely cool. Um, I mean, what do you think? I mean, that, that's what we said. We've said that multiple times. That's my dream yeah. uh, acquisition would be Sega. I think that would be the perfect one for Xbox. Perfect fit. Yeah, personally. I think, I think it would definitely like check that out. Uh, I mean, I think it would be a wise decision for Microsoft to buy Sega, especially they need to get their reach into Japan. But I think it's exactly. now like turning the huge discourse with Microsoft trying to buy Activision. Like we wanted it to be bought, but many gamers yeah. suggest like it's not worth it. Just cancel it already and think it it's has scary. too much yeah. pressure there. But but now yeah, it's just true. like a huge discourse to know like whether it's going to be free or not. But I think well, it's just already made a some of the people are already making a huge deal out of this when it was simply like Microsoft buying Activision. But then either way, it's just like no matter what, it, whether it's owned by Microsoft or not, you still get the same kind of to- workplace to- toxicity, which people have yeah. been pointing out. There's still like issues with Microsoft's workplace. So yeah, yeah. it's just like not nobody wins. Well, the thing with it- the thing with the Activision deal is, if it doesn't go through, they're still going to have this 68 billion 
dollars burned in a hole in their pocket. They could just buy exclusive deal. They could just do the same the Sony thing of just buying everything exclusive. So oh, we'll buy exclusive content to this game and 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 this game, and you'll have a worse experience on PlayStation. And they could just do it that way. Uh, they could just uh, or, and they could buy like loads of smaller studios. It's like they're not going to go. It's not like if they don't get Activision, that's it. Xbox is dead. Like they're just not. They're just going to spend it somewhere else. You know. It, you know, it's not. You know, you might as well just let them get it. Just let them get it, and then <laughs> I, I feel like you know, if if they if PlayStation manages to block the Activision deal, I feel like uh, Microsoft needs to go scorched earth. They just need to just go like hammer down there and just literally just get everything exclusive. <laughs> I would on Game Pass. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with Activision. I'm not that bothered. We kind of got off on topic a little bit here. So if I. Well, I think yeah. it's a bit ironic if, like, Sony, like, gets rid of, like, the Microsoft deal, then Sony ends up buying Activision. So who's the one who's killing the competition off, huh? Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't have bought Activision, I wouldn't think. That's the thing. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. I really hope that they get it, but we'll see. I, you know, I'm not a huge Activision fan. I don't really care about any of their games, really, but... I think it'd be good for the system to be good for Xbox to compete for competition wise because Xbox are being third place all like uh, the last, well, basically ever since they come into the market, they've been third place. So it would be good for them to actually kind of get a win here and uh, close the gap a bit. It would be nice. Personally, well, I, think. I think you, I think you did like tell, told me, which hasn't been brought up in the podcast that Xbox has sold more units this uh, in the past year and they're already yeah. catching up to the margin between them and the PlayStation, which means... Well, the... So it wasn't the news, or right? I, I cut out the news. I should have probably kept it in there. But yeah, we, it's not that they bought more, there's more console being sold. It's that they have more active users on the Xbox Live service than PlayStation. Uh, the PlayStation has about 100, 100 million, and the Xbox has 120 million. So they, they have more Xbox users online so i don't know what that means i guess more people are playing pc games or they have series s and series x or either or or even xbox one uh so they they actually have a bigger online service than playstation which is big news because playstation are considering that like they're that they've said it themselves and that's like the most important statistic so the fact that they're falling behind is huge news and xbox has taken over so uh yeah, it's big. That's big news. Uh, obviously, they did the big revamp of PlayStation Plus, and it doesn't seem to have worked for them yet. So we'll have to see what happens. They need to do day one game. They need to do game one games on PlayStation Plus. That's like the only way I feel they can close this gap. Or they might just leave. They just might just be happy uh, being slightly behind. I don't know. What do you think? Well, <clears throat> I just think to me that I just hope people will buy Xbox more. It's just yeah. the biggest issue at the moment is Europe. Like, I think Japan is already moving on from Sony into like Nintendo and mobile platforms. But in Europe, yeah. people are like preferring PlayStation over any other system. And now, even the people in yeah, those sure. legal positions are like attempting to disrupt the deal by Microsoft. And it seems they're the ones who are making the much bigger fuss than any other territory in the world. Yeah, unfortunately. It's weird. I don't understand why the PlayStation is so popular in Europe. It doesn't make sense to me, but there you go. Uh, 
yeah, I'm Team Xbox, Team Nintendo. <laughs> um, yeah, so we kind of got off topic a little bit. E3's dead. Um, what do you guys think? Let me know in the comments below. I don't know how long this podcast has been going for. How long we've been going? Almost an hour and 13 minutes. Oh, not too bad. But the so, good uh, thing is, it's not that long. Because we thought we would be talk chatting for about two hours. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think we're going to probably wrap it up then, uh, unless you wanted to add anything else. Uh, that's all. I need to get food. Yeah, yeah me too. Well, I, I need to stretch my legs a bit as well. The, but yeah, I think like I'm sad that E3's going. I'm nostalgic for it. I really like have fond memories for it, but maybe it's time for it to go. Maybe it is the end. Maybe, you know, and like maybe we'll, we are better off with developer directs and Nintendo directs and PlayStation State of Place. I mean, maybe that might be the future. Uh, we might just have to get used to it. It's it's kind of a bit sad, but, you know, maybe it's time. Uh, that's my opinion, final opinion when it comes to the C3 thing. Um, what do you think? If you want final thoughts. I I don't mind if E3 goes. So I just say, if it's going to go, then it's going to go because it's just a huge change. Oh, goodbye. So long. Farewell. As Fida say goodbye. <laughs> bye bye. And with that, we say goodbye to this podcast episode. So, Thank if you. it's about the fantasy critic stuff, then we will update it in another week or two because there hasn't been a lot of changes. So, no. as we go into February now, there's now going to be like more games coming out. So, we will update you on that yeah. in the next episode or two. But keep. But stay posted. Yeah, the the only thing about the fantasy draft is that I've counter picked uh, Suicide Squad, and I'm third place now because the uh, PlayStation have got seasons of something the indie game that got yeah. points up. So now I'm in third place. That's the only update. In front of, uh, not much change to be honest. Uh, but we will see next week. Uh, hopefully, I'll catch up. Who knows? Uh, but thank you guys for watching. We really appreciate it. Uh, the channel's been growing quite steadily, and I really, really appreciate any new subscribers. If you're new here, thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, if you if you watch this all the way through this video and you're not subscribed, please consider giving us a subscription. It would mean a hell of a lot to both of us. And we really, really want to make our channel more successful. And if you have anything you would like us to change or add to the podcast, let us know in the comments below. Any feedback's fantastic. We really appreciate it. Um, you know any of that stuff is fantastic we don't normally like to ask for subscribers and stuff but we are we're like we're, we're trying to grow this channel and we really appreciate anyone who could subscribe every single subscription counts uh, for us every single one uh, the world. chief um yeah. my stump is rich literally rumbling right now <laughs> all right okay okay well thank you guys for watching um until next time too sweet bye Thanks, guys bye Thank you for listening to the X Marks the Box podcast. Follow us at X Marks Box on Twitter or X Marks the Box on YouTube. And follow us on all audio podcast services. Thanks for listening.